you know, we want to welcome everybody here. Everything all at once? Everything all at once. It's honestly a sensation. Aliens listen to it. That's the shit, dude. I wish I had microphones like that. These are Rode oh, these are these. pod mics. So, I mean, they're nice. They sound great. Like, our, our quality is, like, right up there. But uh, it's, there's something cool about the cloud of having, like, a badass, the ba- the sure mic that, you know, Rogan or any other podcaster yeah, uses out all there. all of them use it. Exactly. Third. Everybody. That's, like, <laughs> the, the mic. It's the radio mic. It's, like, the prototypical exactly. for any of those things. Yeah. It, 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 it's definitely pretty cool. Someday. Life goals, podcast goals in the future. <laughs> Johnny, welcome to the show. Thank yeah, you so thanks. much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Happy world famous hip hop legend in Erie. Yeah, <laughs> a world in Erie. World <laughs> in Erie. Erie. Erie famous legend, hip hop phenom. Johnny Evans in the studio every, here on Everything at Once. Thanks so much for coming out today yeah. and hanging out with us. Uh, we're super excited that you're here and. Uh, we want we want to hear about the hip hop scene in Erie. What's been going on? Or like, tell us about like coming up. Was it? When did you start rapping? <laughs> when did I start rapping? Yeah, dude, I was writing songs by myself without showing anybody, like Skrupski does. When uh, <laughs> true. <laughs> when I was like, I don't know, 13, 12? 13. Yeah, I remember writing a song in my in my room in my mom's house, and I thought it was pretty good. And um, in high school, I wrote a, a verse for this girl over the Welcome to Atlanta beat, and <laughs> my homies clowned me super hard on it. Oh, that's and a devastating <laughs> blow. It's probably, like, real cringy. Do you remember what you, you were rapping it. about when you were 13? Or writing about when you were 13? Um, yeah, I had a song about, like, seeing, like, a girl, like, out my window walking down the street. Oh, hell yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, and I like, wrote it about that. It was, like, some more, like, boy band type type of feel, I well, think. Well, I feel like when you're... <laughs> I don't even think it was, like, hip-hop or... I was just writing lyrics. When, when you're, like, 13 yeah. years old, you only have, like, so... Your influence pool is, like, so small. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what it, I mean? Yeah, you haven't experienced anything yet, and it's, like, you know... And you listen to what's on the radio for the yeah, most part. Star you might have, like, a couple CDs or whatever of Dude, your favorite guys. I was, I was riding in my mom's Ford Escort. The red Ford Escort, you know, listening to Star 104. Right. So, you know, whatever I, I heard or whatever I was, like, writing or thinking about that in my head was a direct, you know, result of that. Hell yeah. Um, but, yeah, I did the Welcome to Atlanta. Doom, doom, doom. That Jermaine <laughs> Dupree and uh, yeah. Ludacris. He was on the remix, I believe. Yeah. He might have been on the original, but, yeah, it's Jermaine Dupree. Uh he might have been on the first one. Yeah, yeah, I guess he was on the I first can't, one. I can't remember. Yeah, Welcome uh, to Atlanta. Of course he was yeah, on the first one. Yeah, Welcome to Atlanta where the place yeah, play. Yeah. Yeah. That's they did have a remix to that, though. I remember the um, remix. And I wrote a song in 10th grade chemistry class. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. So we had, we we all got you, broken Did up. you go to collegiate, too? Yeah. With Dave? Yeah, I was a year older than him. Okay, cool. Uh, so I'm 05. Uh, I'm Mr. Fiok. I remember this. Yeah, with our class, and uh, uh, we, we had we got paired up into groups of two for the final project. Right, and uh, it was me and uh, my homie Jerome, Jerome Boykin, and uh, saw him not too long ago. He popped up at the club, um, but um, so you got assigned a, an element, mm-hmm. and our element was magnesium, and you had to present it in. X amount of different ways. So you had to come up with like three or four different presentations or something like that. I okay. Feel like, because like, I remember we did a PowerPoint too, and I think we wrote like a comic strip. Like, okay. But I wrote a song 
Magnesium is like an interesting magnesium. element too. It it's cool. very reactive. Magnesium is an interesting issue. It's mostly made of cells in your body. Oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah. So literally I wrote a song. I can never remember the second verse of the song though. And it always breaks my heart. And I know it's on, I have a copy of it on this 2008 Dell laptop that I haven't been able to turn on since like 2010. Oh, no. oh, yeah, but I still have it. In fact, I think my homie, the three-time Jeopardy champion, Adam Hulkwist, has that laptop. He was going to try to get it for me, and he failed. And I got to figure that out. Because I know I can still get that, laptop, that, that stuff out of it. Um, but in any event, uh, yeah, we wrote a song called Magnesium over the Bow Wow basketball beat. They're <laughs> there playing you go. basketball. That's like, me, me, my, me, Z. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that made Jerome do the hook. It was pretty bad, but I spit the verses and we killed it. It sounds dope. We it, got the, it might have uh, been bad, but it sounds yeah, dope. <laughs> it was like... It was like magnesium is an interesting issue. It's mostly made of cells in your body tissue. You want to run with me? I bet you wish you could. I want to see it, so I really w wish you would. Only 1% of it is found in your blood. The blood levels are kept constant, so there won't be a flood. Keeps your heart rhythm steady and your bones so strong. Y'all know magnesium is the name of this song. We need magnesium. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. when blood levels of it are very low, when I need drip a tablet to provide some more, but too much may cause adverse effects. Diarrhea is the worst of these bad effects. Potassium's also in fruits and veggies. Eat lots of them, and your health won't be edgy. And also, your blood pressure will stay low, so heart disease and other problems will be no more. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's that's everything at once exclusive right there, dude. <laughs> that's the first in the third verse. <laughs> I can't remember the second the one. The second uh, verse is lost. We can make The second it verse was so fire, too. I know it was. Uh, I know it had, it had the best bars without a doubt. <laughs> and it, it breaks my heart because I'm like one of those dudes, like, it's hard for me to pick out like lyrics that I wrote, even from anything, even if I didn't write it. It's hard for me to pick that, not more so than what I wrote. It's hard for me to pick out lyrics that are like in the middle of a verse. Like, I chain it together. So, mm -hmm. like, if I can remember the first two lines, I can generally remember the whole thing. But yeah, somewhere in the middle. But I, that's, I would say that's where I started, really. Like we got the highest grade out of all the chemistry classes, and I know they used that as an example for at least a couple of years after I left. So yeah. did it, you have it on like MP3 or whatever that they would play for the class, or yeah, did they have yeah. it on video? Yeah, no, it was just MP3. Yeah, I recorded it with the stick mic. Like remember the old stick oh, mics yeah, with yeah, the yeah. Windows PC <laughs> yeah. and uh, Start Program Accessory Sound Recorder. So I remember like I had a song like like. <laughs> On the computer, and I would play it, yeah, from the speaker at the same time, and, and then we would rap. We did the take probably sixty times. <laughs> oh my god! To get it right, hell yeah, that's some and dedication. Like, you know, screw it, man. This is good enough. It's that's early teenage way. sound engineering at its yeah. finest, yeah, right dude. there. That's hey, man. and you got an A, so dude. fuck yeah, and yeah that, stay in school, kids. Yeah, and that I mean that's like a good wholesome rap. I remember when I was in high school, not really writing raps about. Uh, Things that magnesium. I knew about. No, not magnesium <laughs> or things I knew about. Just like trying to, to model Beat it after like that the, life. the gangster rap, you <laughs> know. Right. Like, I remember my mom finding a few of my. <laughs> Yo, I actually happened to be once. Yeah, and like I don't remember. Oh, wow. any, I don't remember any of mine, but I had a homie. My homie Paul, he wrote one about he had an '86 Buick Regal, and all I remember is the the Crawford. the the, yeah, the hook of it because it made his mom cry because it was <laughs> oh, wow. Pick you up, what well, was like pick you up in the '85 Regal got the style to make the girls spread eagle. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit, that made his mom cry. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, it was wow. a super right sexual right song. Like, <laughs> wow, that would be wow. a devastating blow. Yo, you totally reminded me, though. So I, I had this friend that lived across the street from me, Glenn. 
from the time I was like, I don't know, like maybe eight until I think he moved away when I was like 12. But I remember me and him wrote rhymes one day and I wrote like a whole bunch of stuff on like a little notebook and my mom found it. <laughs> she wasn't happy about it. <laughs> but it was like heavily influenced by whatever he wanted to rap about. Yeah, right. I know what I was talking about. I remember, <laughs> being, I remember being like a huge like Eminem and DX and, or not DMX, DMX, Eminem, Jay-Z, like Big Pun, all those guys from back then and, yeah. you know, in that era and just like you know, my raps were just about like bitches and hoes and like things I wasn't getting, yeah. you know? Like, I had no experience. But I was just like writing that shit out. I liked like Eminem at first, and then my I really feel like I started to get into uh, hip hop a lot more once Young Jeezy Thug Motivation. Thug Motivation 101. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh man. That's right. And then, I, and, then I, and then from then on, I was a. Immediate was, gangster rapper. Dude, like all I wanted to listen to. 101 was fire. All I wanted to listen to was shit Legendary. about people cooking crack and shooting people yeah. in the streets. Dude, it was wow. amazing. That was like my whole. Uh, I want to say freshman year of college. Dude, I, I got a Keith Gombieski, who I started my band with. Burned me, Thug Mode. I still have the copy that he burned. Hell me, yeah! Motivation 101. That CD was that so whole, hard. Whole dude. album, front front to back. Oh, fire! Fire! <laughs> yeah, so track. good. Dude. And, and then what? First, I'm gonna stack my flow, and then what? Then I'm gonna stack some more. Fuck yeah, dude. Shot till I do my calls. Had the rest of the yams in my auntie house. It was yeah. so good. One of the hardest bars. <laughs> it was. Yeah. I don't drink Pepsi. I just <laughs> sell Coke. So good, dude. That CD was fire. Wow. I'm, in, I'm in like. So, like junior year of high school in my beat ass like 1989 Toyota Celica with two big 12s in the back oh, like yeah. that to McDowell every day <laughs> all day long it was incredible well I hope Brett had a um, uh, what was it now I was going to say it was a Monte Carlo but Bobby had a Monte Carlo Brett had a Ford Taurus like a 98 and he had some humps in it hell yeah I, I remember listening to the GZ and that, that CD bumps so fucking hard too dude that's like how I test like oh, a, a new super speed. hard <laughs> Jeff Parada I forget what what he drove it was like a Z I don't know what you called it Z26 looked like some Z28 it was a, it was a little Z28 maybe yeah yeah it's black that car was sick yeah. but he same thing had the system in the back GZ Nothing All day, yeah. dude. And I, the, the funniest part is, like, I look young now, but, like, when I was 16, I legit looked like I was eight years old. <laughs> and in my, like, I, I wish I had my ID, my old ID. I should just keep it on me just in case to pull it out. So here's, like, an eight-year-old driving this old 89 Toyota Celica, like, bumping Jeezy really hard in, like, white suburban neighborhoods yeah. all the time. And I can just imagine people pulling up next to me and, like, looking at me and being like, what the fuck is this eight-year-old <laughs> <laughs> eight doing right now? Yeah. What is he doing with his life? Fuck it, though. Uh, <laughs> I was just listening to some other original Eminem this past week, actually, because, like, a lot of times, yeah, I work at the Rook, and mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times when we close up, we'll have a drink or two, just us and the staff real quick, you know, before we bounce out in the line. And um, I mean, we might do Colin always, like, take turns playing music on Spotify and her. But uh, I was showing him some old Eminem, and same thing, my dude, uh, Alex, uh, he goes by Lone Sav, real cool dude, he's like 23, I should interview him sometime, he's, he's dope. Um, he does a lot of different stuff in the arts community. But uh, I was actually just like playing him a couple old Eminem tracks the other day, and I was like, he was born in 2000, so it's like crazy, or 1999. Oh yeah, he's never he heard me, of that. I told him like the release date of the Slim Shady LP, he was like, bro, it's like six months before I was born. Oh, I was like, that's, that's crazy. a bad but, feeling. But, like, but <laughs> I, was show, I showed him a couple tracks, and I was like, you can understand like how he just shook up the whole culture. 
by dropping this music. I was like, dude, nobody had ever said shit like this before. It was mind-blowing. No. And nobody everybody. will ever say shit like that nah, again. Man. You know? And I'm like, you could just imagine just by hearing this right now, like you can understand how much it changed the face of hip hop right. significantly. And I was like, dude, this whole album's fire. Like I in fact I was, you know, for your homework, go home and listen to this album in Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> that like those three CDs concur- like chronologically are all just like Dude. Masterpieces, Insane, uh, consecutive dude. masterpiece Insane. after masterpiece. I, I, I got caught up on uh, when I was in college, you know, with my my LimeWire, Kazaa, whatever the fuck it was. I got caught up on Infinite Crashing Computers. Yeah, that's the original. That's a the lot original of people didn't know about that, but that right. shit was dope. I don't think I knew about Infinite until like years later. Like. I definitely didn't when it came out. My no. first experience to Eminem was My Name Is, like, on the radio, right, for sure. Right, And then getting the burned CD, you know. Yeah. Um, I think I was even, like, after that, it was, like, uh... I'm infinite. What is it, Encore? <laughs> yeah, Encore was No, it went, uh, it went, uh, Slim Shady, Eminem, or, uh, Slim Shady, Marshall Mathers, Eminem Show. Oh, yeah, Eminem, Eminem Show. Or, that was, uh, like, yeah, my first Eminem CD. Yeah, yeah, Eminem Show, I think, you know, not, not to get too much into the weeds there, but I think that's, that's his pinnacle. It's a good CD. Uh, I think the Eminem show is the he best CD he ever put up. out. So yeah, that's a whole podcast right. in itself. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's one of the goats. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. So, when did you make the jump from chemistry, uh, chemistry raps class raps to you know hitting the stage and and being a rapper, um, dude? Um, Penn State with Colleen. Uh, my dude, Colleen Marriott, or more Colleen Morrison. He goes by now. Um, we were at Penn State, and uh, I'm still got Eminem in my head. I was listening to Brain Damage this week. We were at Penn State, and um, I really miss, in like reminiscence, I, I really miss that feeling of being like 23 and just like 22, and oh man, I'm so immersed in it. And uh, my boy was just so good. Like, naturally good. Like, we would just go to, like, frat parties and, like, a Penn State University. And right. Rap on these. There's a hundred people in the room and, like, you know, something we play and I'd be like, yo, just spit something. And he would just go. And everybody would stop and watch him. Everybody. The Hell whole yeah. party would. And they'd be like, wow, dude, this dude's insane. And I'm like, dude, this is, I can be Diddy and you can be Biggie. He's, like, 6'4 from Brooklyn. He had long dreads and shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just super super dope and he like rapped about like relevant shit for the most part mm-hmm. even off the top somehow very tangible thoughts cohesive thoughts and uh i was like really pushing that like i i wasn't going to rap i was just trying to get him to rap mm-hmm. and i was a broadcast journalism major right so like this like we had a we had a pro tool studio where i used to cut clips uh if for my i had a sports radio show uh and, you know, different various audio and radio classes that we would have to do projects for. So sure. I asked the guys out there that, you know, worked at the studio if they would if they would care if I, you know, went out there sometime to just kind of record some music. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, this shit's, this is cool. I want to be out here. And uh, they're like, yeah, I don't see why not, as long as it's not conflicting with anybody's schoolwork. They're like, if somebody needs to use a studio to do a class project, like, right. they you obviously have to get precedence. Um, so like I did a radio show on Mondays from like eight to nine PM, main event Mondays. Started off with on tap Tuesdays, me and my dude Shane Gazowski. And uh on Mondays after I would get done with my show, well during the show, Colleen would hop on the Red Link 
and take the bus out to Innovation Park where I was and he would meet me when my show ended at 9 o'clock and we'd work on music for like till the last bus around 11 and then take the last bus back to campus or one of our friends would pick us up usually we cop the bus but we just work on shit and it was kind of it was like the same deal as like what I did in Magnesium on my stick mic only I had way nicer equipment right. but like I didn't know again I didn't know what the fuck I was doing so <laughs> literally even with Pro Tools and this is like almost embarrassing but I, I, I was 22 and I didn't know I, was, I never had recorded before in my life I was like playing beats off of YouTube and recording vocals at the same time on the same track Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. So again, like we'd have to listen to it like a hundred times and be like, no, this is too loud, like we have to do it again. You know what I mean? But like my dumbass didn't know I could just put like the I could record the track like in the, the one track, track and then put the vocals right. here. There wasn't no like YouTube university so much back then. Dude, like, I was literally I learned all this shit. I like, was teaching myself completely, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, you now you can go on YouTube and learn. I anything. can find anything, yeah. I probably could have found something back then if I thought about it, but at that that wasn't like a thing. Like that wasn't like what everybody no, knows, right? Dude, no, know? no. And I just wanted to do it. I was just driven and like, no, let's do this. And then we did a, we put out a mixtape, and it was like going back and listening to it, the quality is terrible, but <laughs> but but the the content was fire. It was yeah. really good. It's called Genesis. Genesis, yeah. The and Genesis then, um, LP. We did two. We did two projects. I can't remember what the second one was. Any Last Request was the other one, but I did that one in Erie with him. But I, anyways, I did two songs on it uh, with him. And that was funny because I remember he was like, yo, aren't you going to get on this? You know, And I was like, nah, dude, like this is all about you. And he's like, no, man, just like, write something. And I wrote a verse to the song called Telekinesis that we did. I remember that and song. And yeah, it was yeah. over Big Pun, You Came Up. You came up, what, what, making that happen? From rapping on the corner of the blocks and going platinum. Hell so yeah. So when you I used to ready to ride. It was on that beat. It's like a... That beat was fire. That beat was so fire, dude. Uh, oh, man. Yo. I wish I could remember my verse. Though. I feel like somebody I know was talking about that song when we said that when I told him that you were coming on. Like, oh, <laughs> there's he's got this no one way. Song. There's like maybe six people in here that would ever know about that. Maybe, yeah. and I'm uh, one of them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, it might have been. Yeah, Dave. It might have been me. Yeah. It was, I'm trying to remember. Like, it was like so back up in the day, way back when I was just a young bull. I never had to worry. Yo, my mama kept me dumb full. Life was like a cookie, but my cookie never crumbled, and my pops was always busy, but the man was always humble. And little did I know inside my school I'd be so blinded, and I thought it was a privilege to be enrolled up in private. I was brought up to find God. Sometimes it's just so hard to find them. They tried to te- they tried to teach me abstinence. They had me absent-minded. Life was so limited. I was living in a bubble, and my mama always told me better stay up out of trouble, so I stayed up out of tussles, focused on my muscle, working just because it's how it was before I learned to hustle. And then once yeah. I had a taste, I had a mouthful. I just yeah. wanted this, that cake and vision and fill in the house from nine years away from home. You know the place that I was raised in. Believe I'm here to stay because I'm in it for the taking. Life ain't always what it seems. Keep my mind grounded, but I'll always keep on dreaming. Penny in the water fountain. I'm crowned the king of my mountain. My rain will fall. And until the day I'm six feet down, promise to have a ball. Yeah. That yeah. Unlocked, I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> that unlocked a memory. I remember you. <clears throat> it was either down at State College or up at the birdhouse. You just spitting that for people, <laughs> you know, just on your own. Like, Colleen yeah. wasn't there. Um, yeah, that just sent me back about 12 years Yeah, there. like, fuck, try, yeah, 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 12, 13. Um, but, it, yeah, it was crazy, man. Like, I really had no no intentions of, like, getting into hip-hop myself. But that, like, kind of kick-started it. And then, like... We made a couple pretty serious connections down in Penn State, and uh, I had this dude named Shenjirai, who, uh, he now lives down in uh, South Carolina, and Shenjirai was like, he was like a college professor, now he's like a political analyst and stuff, and um, 
I, he does a lot of stuff. I haven't talked to him in years, but I follow him online. Um, but Shenzhai was like going for his PhD, I think. Well, what was cool about this dude is Shenzhai was in this hip-hop group from Philly called Spooks. The Spooks. And um, they had actually went on tour with Jurassic 5 across Europe. Hmm. Yeah, and he, they had like two gold records. And uh, he... So the very first performance I ever had... Was it the first one? My very first public show that was like ever booked, not like a house party performance, right. was at Jamaica Junction. Were you there for that? I think. Oh, it was at the Head Shop in Penn State. No, I was not there for okay. that one. It was called Jamaica Junction. It was a Head Shop, but they had like this hookah area too, which was like, uh, it wasn't huge, but it was a big enough area to have a little show. You could sure. fit maybe forty people in there, fifty people or something. Upstairs was like all the glass. I remember all my friends were getting hammered upstairs and they kicked everybody out. I was like, you're going to break all the merchandise. <laughs> like, <laughs> my friends were smashed. <laughs> but, uh, of course they were, dude. That's how you support people back then. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, so like, there was like seven different artists on the bill and we were going last. Me, wow, so you're headlining. We fucking crushed it, dude. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. We crushed it. We were like, and I'm not trying to put anybody down because there was some, there were some decent spitters like from the area, but like, we crushed it. And we brought, like, 80% of the people that were there. Hell yeah. So, like, it was super live. And uh, Rami was there. Yeah. My homie Rami, he lives in Australia now. And uh, Rami went to Barron. So that was, like, one of my best friends in the world. And, and he lives, he lived in Erie. He went to Barron. That's where I met him. That's where we became friends. He stayed at Barron. I went to the main campus. Rami was down there with a couple other friends and shit. And, uh, yo, Kaleem, I remember this. Like, uh, me and Kaleem burned, like, we... we we recorded like, I don't know, put together like maybe 50, 60 CDs and put them in jewel cases. Nice. And I had my, my homies Cliff and uh, Jeff Michelson were uh, Cliff the Raw Dog. I always call him Cliff the Big Raw Red Dog. Cliff the Raw Dog. That's my homie. And uh, they were architecture majors and they had. Um, they had access to like huge sheets of paper and paper cutters. Cool. So they like took our cover that we had. And they would cut them on huge sheets. But so here's the thing. So the night before the show, they're supposed to cut these covers for us. The fucking whatever slicer that they used at the office or space that they had was broken. Oh, no. So they, he comes to my apartment with just, like, these sheets. Time <laughs> like, to bust out the scissors. Just, yo, <laughs> Kaleem, I remember being on my couch just cutting covers so our hands hurt. I remember looking at over at Kalima at one point, he was like falling out. Had enough, dude. Gave yeah, up. just falling asleep, dude, with the scissors in his head, dude, on the paper and shit. Oh, Jesus. But we put all those CDs together and um, Rami was handing out those CDs during and after our performance and he handed one to that dude Shentra and Shentra was like, yo, who are those guys? Those, those guys were dope. And uh, Rami tells me, yo, you gotta come meet this guy. He wants to talk to you or whatever. So I did. And uh, he's like, hey, man, I'd like to link up with you. Like, I got some beats and stuff like that. I'd like for you to cool. hear. I didn't know him at the time. We did a house party after that in the basement with this reggae band called, this white white boy reggae band called the Percolators. Cool. Um, and uh, what the fuck was the dude's name in it? Um, uh, Millinchuk. Yeah, Millinchuk. I think his name was Eric. Eric Millinchuk. And uh, he was friends with Kaleem, and uh, he was like, yo, I'd like you guys to do this party with us. And we did the party, and Chandra actually drove me there. Like, wanted to come and shit and hung out. And uh, anyways, long story short, he, I got him to, he offered to come. I didn't get him to come, but he came to the Pro Tools studio with me at the Innovation Park. And he brought 
well, the first time I ever saw a, like a, a mixer that an engineer would use, and he had a, it was a Pro Tools mixer, and he hooked it up to like the computer and the Pro Tools on there, and I remember like he adjusted the fader on the computer, and the faders were moving down. Oh here. yeah, that's like, so cool. Yo, <laughs> like I've never seen that before. Right. You know, I yeah. remember being blown away. And dude, he had four fire ass beats. Like he was going through beats for us and was playing them, and. Uh, that's kind of like where like we fell apart because like I got an argument with Kaleem because Kaleem left that session to go smoke a blunt with somebody, mm. and I'm like, dude, do you realize this is the shit right what here? What we have in front mm-hmm. of us right now, like we have this opportunity, we got to work with this guy, you know, and like uh, in hindsight and shit, I mean, we were college kids and shit. I recognize the opportunity though. I did. He yeah. wanted to fuck around a little bit. I, I felt like he wasn't taking it very serious, but I'm like, dude, you're you're so fucking talented. Like, come on, man. So we got, got mad at each other for like a week or two or something. Like we were still cool with shit. But uh, in any event, it, it kind of fizzled out. Um, I think we did like maybe two. Well, it didn't fizzle out. I don't want to say that because we did a couple more shows in Penn State that were very dope. And uh, oh, yeah. one of them was uh, we opened for Fat Joe and Noriega. Oh, that's fucking shit. That was, yeah, it was that supposed was... to be CNN. It was supposed to be Capone and Noriega, but Capone couldn't make it or didn't make it for whatever reason. And Noriega actually did. Um Never really liked Fat Joe since that day. <laughs> but, yeah. No, nah, he's dope. Like, a dope artist, and obviously he's, like, I mean, just a pioneer, yeah. you know? Back in the day, that was the shit. He just didn't, like, perform anything. Like, he just, like, just let the crowd rap his lyrics and, like, spit a couple of his bars. And wow. He didn't watch any of the openers. And I just was kind of salty about it because Noriega was, like, there cooling the whole time. Mm-hmm. Noriega and Kaleem were chilling afterwards doing tiger bone shots. Hell yeah. Yeah, like, but I had a couple friends that got kicked out of the show for being drunk. So, yeah, I was yeah. trying to, like, rally Rap my shit. friends yeah. and figure out who was where after the show. So, like, I ended up chilling with Noriega and shit. There was a lot going on, man. Like, mm. it was, there, was a, there was a lot of funny shit that went on that night. Um, but uh, Kaleem also got to open for Mac Miller when he... Uh, Started the incredibly no was it the incredibly dope tour or it was kids tour if that was the same thing I forget but it was like Max like first like tour like tour tour I mean he played out of town and shit like that but this was the first one he's sitting he's sitting on the bleachers with his homies and shit and like boombox and shit and uh, I didn't make it for that man and I always regretted that I wish I did I was back in Erie so there's like a whole section of of things that I skipped over there but I got arrested when I was at Penn State and. uh, I got I got set up selling weed by an uh-huh. informant. Yeah. Boo. Um, yeah, yeah, boo that man. <laughs> boo, <laughs> boo, fuck. boo. Yeah. If this ever gets to him, his name is Doug. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck. Bro, you, Doug. I don't think he would ever see this, but uh I remember him and I remember this that <laughs> very well. I'll never forget Doug it. Doug sounds yeah, like Just so you know, Doug, I'll never forget that. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> um I hope all the bad things in life happen to you, no I'm kidding. Maybe. But, maybe, maybe a little bit. I'm way over it. I'm way over it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, anyways, I had to move out of state college. I did graduate that year, though, so. Not a super big thing. But we didn't know what we were going to do musically. We were kind of, like, still trying to figure shit out, but, like, I had to move back to Erie. Yeah. I really didn't have a choice. And I ended up eventually going to jail for the whole thing, and I Jesus. had to go back to Belfort, PA, outside of Penn State. For court yeah. and all that shit. And, and I had to go to jail, jail there. Jesus. And then when they let me out, I had to go back to Erie. And Colleen moved to Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colleen moved to Philly. You said he was from New York originally? He was from Brooklyn. His mom, he grew up with his mom in Brooklyn. And I, I'm, I'm thinking he moved to Philly with his girlfriend, uh, who he's now married to. Awesome, Althea. Cool. They're a great couple. They're, they're just, I mean, two of my best friends in the world. Uh, love them to death. Uh, I think they were dating then, and I think he moved to Philly with her. I can't remember why else he would have went to Philly. I don't think he went there for a job or anything like that. But we just, like, never did anything, except he did come to Erie 
over, I want to say it was Labor Day weekend, and I think this is, yeah, this is this is when I lived at what we called the Bunting Palace on Fifth Street. <laughs> I remember and, uh, So Street, yeah. I lived directly across my, like the windows of my apartment were directly across from the Gannon football field from the end zone. Oh, nice. From okay. the east end zone. And Colleen came to town and actually recorded a mixtape with me in that house. Cool. I had come up on some equipment while I was here. Man, I'm trying to like piece it together. Yeah, I think I got that from my homie George. And I was just doing a little home studio set up super basic. And sure. I recorded this mixtape called Any Last Requests. That's a little bit better quality. And it's still on Datpiff. Oh, cool. Yeah. And um, I didn't spit anything on that. No, yeah, I did. I had to track on, we re, like remade that song, Deuces. Yeah, I remember Deuces. that song. Yeah. Um, I might have had something else. But that was the last thing that we ever did together in terms of creating music together. I booked him. Well, I didn't book him, but I got uh, my homie, uh, this dude, uh, Iggy, they called him. He moved out to Portland. He used to he used to book. He's an older guy, older head, that booked hip-hop shows in Erie back mm-hmm. in the Crooked Eye back in the day. Some really cool shows he did there, too. I, I don't ever um, remember going to Crooked Eye for any hip-hop shows. Dude, I, I opened for that. Dead Prez there. I opened for Nappy Roots. I opened for Bubba Sparks. Damn, where the fuck was I? At Crooked Eye. All those were at Crooked Eye. Yeah. Um, but uh, I got Iggy to book Colleen, and Colleen came to Erie and did a show at Crooked Eye, and I did it with him. I Hell think yeah. I, I want to say my band was on there, because I remember him performing with my band, so it was like an LEC yeah. Colleen show. And uh, <laughs> and when I was on house arrest, after I did jail, I was on nice, three yeah. months of house arrest, my, one of my best friends in the world, Evan, was, uh, was just at his wedding a few months ago in Vermont. He lives in Vermont now. Um, he was moving to Philly, and... My friends wanted to throw him, like, a going-away party, and mm-hmm. I was like, I can't go anywhere. Like, I'm, I have to be at my house. I was like, uh, can we just have it at my house in my backyard? Which has never happened, by the way. I've never had anybody. Very few friends have been to my mom's house. I mean, best friends have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ever since I was little, when I was in high school, I never had any parties at my mom's house or anything like that. But everybody came together for it, dude. It nice. was mad cool. Yeah, I had money. Because, like, I saved every penny I had when I was in jail. I had work release and shit like that. Okay. Which, yeah. where I was at in Belfont, you still went back to jail at the end of the night. That's right. where you lived. But I worked at Jimmy John's, and I got to keep tips, like, in the safe at Jimmy oh, John's. Oh, yeah. And I did okay. And yeah. um, granted, the court system took a lot of money from me. I still made okay. I didn't spend on anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Commissary. Right. So... When I got out, I remember I bought a TV and I bought a, like a sort of like a Logitech surround sound and there you go. Yeah, and then I was working uh, when I was on house arrest. Sure, for my pops uh, on houses. Um, so yeah, I, you know I paid for some stuff. My homie went and got a couple cakes. Somebody got a birthday cake made for Evan. Mm, hell yeah. Somebody got meats and was grilling all day and uh, yeah, we happen. had a party in my backyard. And I had Kaleem and our friend Pierce from Penn State come and perform in the backyard. Oh fuck yeah! And uh, this kid Brian Ferraro, who's from Erie, and he had a band at the time and went to Penn State and uh, he played at the party. And then that was technically the LEC's first show. I remember that. Yeah, I was at that show. I remember because you couldn't. You weren't. You couldn't. Uh, I couldn't go off. You couldn't back. go off the porch. <laughs> the or the deck out uh, back. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I had the ankle monitor. Yeah, on. I wouldn't yeah. be too far away from the thing. <laughs> from the house. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they ran a mic cable to the on the, to the deck porch. for me. Fuck yeah, yeah. yeah, good shit, dude. Yeah. yeah. And my homies, uh, our late homie Dubo, and. Um, our, my friend Keith, who I started my band with, put up a pop-up tent, and they set up, like, a drum kit in there, and, yeah, we Ripped had a it. show in the backyard. Fuck yeah. But that's, like, man, I, I totally, like, went off on that, but uh, that's, like, the entire history of me and Kaleem's music, really. Yeah. But that's, like, really what started it. So when I came back to Erie, 
before I went to jail, when I lived on Fifth Street, Keith was coming over with his acoustic, and he was like, one day he was just told me, he said, yo, you started doing hip-hop shows in Penn State. Um, it's kind of hard to do hip-hop shows and, like, get paid for it here. Right. He was like, but if we put a band behind you, you're you good. could potentially do some stuff like right. that. He was like, I'll play with you. So he used to come over with his acoustic guitar. Sometimes Dubo would be there playing fucking drums on the keyboard. Yeah. And I would just sit on my bed with my laptop and just, like, hammer away at lyrics. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, we had a band. And then I, I went to jail, and when I got out, we picked it right up. I was on house arrest, and Keith was coming over twice a week, and we put some guys together. And uh, started off with Andrew Udesky, Evan's little brother. He was on drums. Uh, this dude, Gator, that we went to Penn State with, he was on originally on bass. He never played a show with us. Gator and vanished. I uh, hope he's doing well. Um, I haven't seen him in a long time. But he kind of disappeared during that time. I don't know what happened. It's some, some kind of thing going on. Hmm. We did, I didn't hear from him for like a month. It was just like a crazy situation. Um, but that opened the door. I brought in Pat Roach. Uh, and Roach is a phenomenal bassist and great. He's an engineer too. Um, but I brought him into the band. And uh, I remember I, when I was recording by myself on House Arrest, I was talking to Rohan, another friend from Penn State Baron, who now lived in India where he was from. Oh, cool. And he still like does like music and he like works in... I, I haven't talked to him in a little bit, but he was doing, like, Bollywood scores and stuff like oh, that. Oh, shit, nice. Yeah, he's doing really cool stuff over there. Um, whole nother story. But um, I asked him one day, I said, yo, like, do you know anybody, like, that you jammed with around here that might be able to lend an ear or help me out recording? I don't, like, know a lot about what I'm doing. I could use some help. And he told me to hit up Pat Troster. And uh, I did. And Pat came to my house. Pat was Pat was like it was funny because like I, I knew Pat I met him a few times he went to Penn State Maine also met him a couple times out there wasn't like the type of person that I would just like gravitate to like and hang out with we were just uh-huh. like kind of different people but uh, he came over to my house while I was on house arrest man brought his keyboard and everything and where he shows me some stuff like with my recording and stuff and then we were kind of jamming out he was playing his keys and this dude was ridiculous on keys and phenomenal singer also and I told him about the band he was like He's like, yeah, I'd like to try that out. You know, I was like, dude, would you would you want to come to a practice? He's like, yeah, well, why not? And right. So he came and he's jamming with us a couple of times, and Pat's immediately like just a huge part of it. And then when the whole thing happened with Gator and I brought in Roach, it just like everybody was just like, yo, this is like, it. Keith knew who Roach was, and then when Roach and Troster jammed together, they were just both like, yeah, this is gonna be cool. And uh, we did that for two days every week when I was at in house arrest. I like. I never had a room in my mom's basement, and uh, when I had to move in for house arrest, I was like, I need to create a space down there so we're not stepping on each other's toes. And that dude Gator actually went and got a, a rug for me nice. and brought it to the house. And I, I think my mom, I think he like, left it on the porch or something, and my mom was like feeding it through the basement window to me. And I like, as she fed it in there, <laughs> I like fit it in the room and cut it like around this pole and shit like that. Yeah. And then, boom. And then I hooked up like a thing to the cable wire and like ran the cable downstairs. So I had my TV there and I had my music set nice, up here. Yeah. That's where it was born, man. And uh, the LEC. The LEC. The, the only known as the Lower East Side Connection then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our... So that whole thing was in the summer of uh, 2011. And then we had our first show. I think it was like February 2nd. It was like the beginning of February at Bullshooter's Bar and Grill. I remember Bullshooter's. Keith had... had Where's that? Dude, it was on uh, Franklin Avenue, East Lake Road. Oh, okay. That's... 
Not where I was hanging out. Dude, so Keith and our good friend uh, Andy Boyer, who I I hang out with all the time now, is one of my best friends. Um, Boyer Boyer was originally also considered like for the bassist in my band, but he got a job at GE at the time, and he just couldn't do it. He Mm -hmm. was. Too busy. And dude, it, that, that, like, has led to just, like, his life has always been, like, it's fallen in place. Every, mm-hmm. He's worked very hard, and everything has gone gone really well for him since then. But then I think about it this way, that he was, like, well, he was making more money. Like, GE laid him off after, like, a year or something like that or two, maybe, and uh, they paid for him to go to school. He was making more money on unemployment than I was working. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just a great opportunity. And, uh, sure. He just didn't have the time to, to put forth to the band then. And uh, But uh, Boyer... Um, and Keith had played in a cover band called Spike T Punch, hmm. um, and this is before I knew anything about the Erie music scene. This right. is like when I was in college, and maybe even before, because I know they did some shows when they were teenagers as a separation scene. Dubo was in that. He played bass, and uh, Kyle, um, how oh, was his name? I could picture him. He was a lead singer. Uh, in any event, they played in a in a cover band called Spike T Punch, and Keith was connected with the dude who owned Bull Shooter Bull Shooters. Uh, I think his name was Mike. Uh, they also had a twenty five cent wing night on Wednesdays. Oh, there you go. The beefiest wings. It was. <laughs> it's hard to find a beefy wing these My days. My friends did not, not around anymore on Wednesdays. <laughs> of course yeah. not. No, who would? It was fire. No, but dude, Keith got us a gig there, and that dude paid us like five hundred bucks. <laughs> we yeah, were like, yeah, like, yeah, and we brought mad people. It was dope. It was such a good time, and um, we did another show there. We like the next month, same deal, and then uh, we made the video for our song "My Home," which was about Erie. Mm-hmm cringy to me when I look back on it now it's funny like but it's like it's such a huge part of my history and um that video got like 5,000 hits in the first day oh hell yeah yeah and we were on the front page of the Easter Sunday paper like the the bottom my like the big middle yeah. but like we were That's here serious. like and uh the owner of the cricket I remember Marty he like messaged me on Facebook and I was like, Keith, what, is, what does this mean? This says this guy's the proprietor at the Crooked Eye. He's like, that's the fucking owner. <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, he's like, message him back, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. And I hit him up, and he's like, hey, I'd like to set up a meeting with you guys. you know." And so we came in and talked to him, and he booked the show for us. And we opened for this like hip-hop like quad group called, uh, I think they were Shark Tank hmm. from Baltimore. I still kind of feel bad about how many people came to see us and then just all like left. Left. didn't watch that. <laughs> you see that sometimes. And dude, that's like still today is like a pet peeve of mine. Like if you come, if you stay for if the you whole come show, to support the early artists, hang out, man. Support yeah. the other guys, you know. Sure. I remember watching those guys and being like, "Damn, all my friends are outside." I felt like kind of some sort of way about it. You know? Do you do you think like nowadays, now that you're booking shows and stuff, do you do you have a uh, like to say on what order they go on? Absolutely. Uh, I I do give like certain artists the uh, the option. I'm I'm experimenting a lot. How so, long have you been booking shows at the road? That's a whole nother realm. Uh, since March of last year. Okay. So and there's been a lot of ups and downs with it because just the politics behind the scenes and how everything's run there, uh, which is great. No complaints. Um, but. There was just a lot of things hanging over my head where we really didn't know what the future was going to be like with the Rook. They have a board. Like, we have a board. We have to... This hmm. is a social club, technically. Right. So, we don't get to call all the shots, put it that way. It's, sure. a, it's a team effort. Um, and I wasn't even like... I'm still really not the point that reports to that team above us. Mm-hmm. So, there's, there's steps. Yeah. Um, and there were certain things I just I didn't know if I could do or 
you know, can we get the money to do this? Or are we going to be open? How far ahead should I book? Uh, that was most of last year for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kept it pretty simple most of the year. Um, in terms of booking the bands now, I've, I'm, I'm booking out now. Like, I have a date filled in May. Oh, wow. Sure. Right now. Um, February's super, you know, getting packed up. Mm-hmm. I have... And I, I can't announce some things because of contracts, but I have five downstairs shows in March, March booked. Hell Every yeah. weekend there's a downstairs show. Nice. That will be sweet. It's Big good band. to see it come back alive down Big there. Big bands every weekend. Wow. Um, Tropodelics this month on the 27th. Tropodelics always a good show. Going to be massive, dude. Classic Rook show. They had 495 people at BT last year. You know, and uh, this That's one's, one's going to be big. But to answer your question, uh, typically I select or I hit up somebody, um, you know, who maybe hit me up or who I haven't booked in a while. I get I get requests all the time to play at the Rook from mm-hmm. bands and artists. And uh, it's like, it's super hard to keep up with them. I mean, the, the inbox is just full. And I feel bad. So I can't get back to everybody a lot of times. <clears throat> but... Um, I'll say, you know, hey, are you free in this date? You want to do a show that date? Yeah, cool. Okay. Maybe we should add an How long can you play? Maybe we should add an opener. And then I'll think, I'll be like, sometimes I'll be like, would, is there anybody you would like to play with you mm-hmm. for that night? Do you have any recommendations? Sure. If they do, I'll listen to them. Maybe we'll just do that. We'll do that, Bill. Other than that, if they don't, I'll say, okay, I'm going to try to pair somebody up with you. And it's like, it's worked out. The, um, this past weekend I had, so Maddie B just moved back to town. And he just did uh, the Broke Bowling Blues Batch for him. Him and uh, Mike Love Muscle Russell. And um, I'm embarrassed to say I, I, I can't remember the, the guitar player's name. He's older, dude. He's, he's a beast. Um, but I paired him with this dude. Uh, it, it actually, ironically, Jared was supposed to be on the show. Oh, okay. And Matt, Matty wants to do, like, um, multi-genre shows. Yeah. So It's it, good. It's good uh, <clears throat> audience sharing. You know yeah, I mean? he wants to start doing stuff like that. So I talked to Maddie on the phone in December, early December, and uh, he told me when he was going to be in town and he wanted to do the show. And he said, "Can you ask Jared if he would be on it?" Because like, Maddie has that actual studio around here, and uh, during the pandemic, especially a few of us were going over there and rapping on some stuff. Maddie's got Fun. Maddie started making beats, dude. It's like crazy. I, I have a couple songs with him. Cool. Um, that aren't out yet. Um, but uh, any in any event, I hit up Jared, and Jared was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, dude, I'm down. You know, it'd be awesome." And then Maddie and Jared talking there. Maddie's like, "We're on the phone talking about the show." And Jared's like, "Yeah, man, hell yeah, dude, it's gonna be great. I can't wait." You know, he's like, "Wait, what was the date again?" And Maddie's like, "Oh, January 7th. He's like, "Fuck, dude, I'm gonna be in Mexico." Oh, shit. <laughs> and then Jared like hits me up, and he's like, "Well, you know, would have helped if you would have like if I would have known the date." And then I sent him a screenshot of oh, message. No. Literally, the very first thing I said to him was, "Hey." This Do you want to play a gig at the Rook with Matty B on January 7th? Oh, no. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my bad. Fortunately, fortunately we haven't had that uh, <laughs> issue here yet. Actually, I feel like we did. It wasn't somebody in Mexico for something we were going to do? Was it in Mexico? Jared's was it Jared? Right <laughs> no. no. It wasn't Jared. Uh, Mexico is apparently a, a popular place to go we when you're supposed to like be somewhere <laughs> else. Slovakia <laughs> or something like that. Slovakia. Who the fuck would have been? The Czech Republic or uh, wherever. Jess and Prague. That's where they went. That's actually. where they went. Prague. Yeah. 
yeah. Oh, Jess? Jess, uh, Jess and Jess Nick. Taylor and Nick. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm good friends with them. Yeah, um, they, they were they were in Prague when we originally wanted to book them, so we ended up getting them like a month later or something like that. Nice. They're they're awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. Nice they're great. Yeah, yeah, dude. Good people. Um, we got Matt Flowers coming on, too. Yeah, Flowers. Couple, like the end of this month. Nick's or, cousin. No, two months, yeah. <laughs> uh, Fox Grotto. Yeah, Fox Grotto, man. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, what I was getting at with Jared being on that show, so he since he couldn't, I got a guy for Maddie, and it's this dude, uh, Rusty. He goes by Rusty B or Rusty Blue, mm-hmm. and I'm like, he has he has a really good vibe. Maddie it's very similar Rusty to Maddie. It's not a, like a, a different genre show, but they, I think they had met in passing before, but this weekend was the first time they actually talked and whatnot, and the show went over great. And uh, hell yeah, they were a great match together. Like I hope they do stuff in the future now. So that's a big thing too that I I really take a lot of pride in in terms of booking music is kind of like. Just creating connections and networking. Yeah, definitely. Helping people network, gain opportunities. And now that I'm bringing in more bands from out of town, I'm hoping to start pairing some locals with those guys so they can learn how, you know, touring works. Or maybe they can swap shows and get out of town and play shows with those guys in other cities. So I've been doing, like, uh, you know, outside of the band. I mean, the band hasn't played now since uh, Chafee's in 2021. Mm -hmm. So... It's crazy. Like I, I'm itching to create, and I have a lot of music on the back burner. Uh, I even have a music video that's been done with Jared, uh, oh, fuck featuring yeah. him. Uh, we finished. It was finished like the last week of September, first week of October. I still haven't put it out. I keep saying I'm going to, and I just haven't done it. Um, but I, now I'm just like really focused on creating opportunity. Yeah, that's kind of what we're going for too. Here is a little building up a little bit of a network and the community around the music scene and all the different arts here in Erie for sure. You know. When people know what's available and what's going on. I think the last time I saw Jared, I don't know if you were there or not, but it was at uh, Scotty's. I feel like LEC was there. I'm not we sure. played at Scotty's a few times. It was like right before Scotty's closed. It was like years ago. I can't yeah. Remember. Yeah. Just, like just a, within the last few years. Fuck yeah. We did a couple things there. What do you think of uh, uh, the, the scene in Erie? You know, do you feel like there's enough places for... Uh, these original bands to get out there and play or do absolutely you think so i think it's harder to just figure out who's playing um but yeah no absolutely the venues are okay right now well you have the rook you know which i've been building up bt always has stuff going on altered state fire Mm -hmm. uh not your prototypical venue type of place but they they do they get some good bands and they have a killer everybody raves about their open mic jam too i mean some of the most elite musicians around here go and jam out there so people are like i've never been to one of their open mics it sounds cool what's the word like uh like people are like younger uh not as not as experienced musicians like are kind of nervous to go like there unseasoned like, yeah like yeah. there's just like beast musicians <laughs> that go jam out there and uh but they do they book some really good shows over there um Philly on, the Philly on the Rocks does stuff all the time, too. A uh, lot of hardcore stuff. Um, L Taylor does an open mic there on Sundays. Other people host it, too. She's awesome. Um, she just got the uh, the best new band or oh, artist Eerie? for Eerie Oh, yeah. All those just came out the yeah, other day. Yeah, I, I didn't even know about that shit, dude. I was number two. <laughs> so You're me and T Brown every year since, like, 2014. Nice. Yeah, so Brown won Best MC. I actually won it last year, which, honestly, like, and it's an honor because that means, I mean, I mean, people really fuck with me and right. uh, they support me, which is, it's great. I mean, it, it's like, there's, it's a great feeling. Yeah, no doubt. But also there's just so many people overlooked, dude. Like, what did I really do this year? Like, I, did I put out a song? <laughs> I don't know if I did. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I think those award, the, the award stuff like that is 
there's pros and cons and the pros is you know it, it lights a fire under people it keeps them going but the cons are a lot of people get overlooked it's a it's a popularity contest for sure at the end of the day it absolutely is there's not like a panel of people going around and judging artists and going to shows right these people that name recognition is so big too like oh yeah you, you just, see like a, a name like yours or like somebody yeah, else that's around here and C it's Brown. like oh okay yeah yeah duh, Johnny Evans. but uh shout out to my homegirl fresco who was also in the top three with us oh fuck fresco's yeah. a beast man and i I've booked her so many times. I just booked her with this band called Camel Butter. They played last Friday from uh, Camel Butter's from Cleveland. Um, and yeah, she's just awesome. I have a song and video with her too. And uh, she's just an uplifting force. And Dope's better. She keeps evolving and, and she's really good. Um, uh, the venues. I didn't want to leave out uh, too. So you have Lavery's too. Lavery's, uh, yeah. Yeah, so they have the bunker there. They do a lot of like some punk shows, some rock shows there. And I haven't, sadly, I haven't made it. Uh, I've only made it to like one of those or two of those. And, um, but like if you ever look at, you know, the lineups and you look at the pictures of the shows, they're packed. Mm-hmm. People go there. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Sandbar. I think it's one. good. Yeah. That's one that uh, we've had. A yeah, few our last on. guest just came on. A couple, pe- couple of our la- more recent guests have been playing there. I guess they just started doing that's this good. recently. That's my okay. My experiences with the sandbar are very up and down as of as with a lot of people. Right. Um, but that's good. I mean, if they're doing stuff and people are playing there, uh, I do know of a hip hop show that was booked there a couple months ago that they canceled last minute. There's a lot of people pissed about it. Oof. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on behind right. the scenes. Yeah, there, so I'm I mean, not going to speculate or sure talk shit or anything like that. But um, yeah, there's a few venues. Yeah. Out here, absolutely, man. Um, and I think people are getting out, you know. More. It's a process, too. I think a lot of people expect, like, instant fame overnight, you know what I it's mean? It's tough, dude. It's been really tough. Well, you know, yeah, people expect instant fame, but the, the truth is is that if you want to succeed as an artist or a musician this day, this day and age, you have to be huge on social media. Mm-hmm. You have to push it. You have to market yourself. And you have to succeed at all of those things. Right. Just playing shows. Not going to do it. Unless you're, like, really touring and playing out and playing festivals and getting in a van with your bandmates and going and doing it. I mean, you're just never going to... You're never going to get where you want to get without using the internet. Right. It's, a, it's an old... Uh, thing uh, we've talked about it yeah i've brought it up with a few of our other musician guests artist guests uh i write a book in college this is from like you know the beginning of the 20th century and they say that at, for artistic people it's not like you have to be talented but there's more of a gauge of success for how well you can socially network yourself you can be the best goddamn musician on the face of the planet but if you're too timid to like put yourself out there or like you know you don't have the right group of friends or like nowadays the social media presence it's gonna fall on deaf ears you know you could be incrementally less talented but if you're good at at uh, promoting yourself you're gonna have a, a a substantial following yeah and if you have the you know the the circle around you too to help push that shit People right. post all the time, like, you'll see, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of artists posted in town. It's like, you know, I get more support overseas than I do from my own homies. Like, it does, it's free for you to share my song. Right. But well, how come nobody does it? Shout out to our one listener from Australia last year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Seriously, that makes a huge difference yeah. when your friends get behind you and they share your music and yeah. stuff like that. And it they, does mean so much. It, it means know? so much when anybody shares, like, any of our comments or, like, I mean, for any artist or any person trying to, like, you know build that network yeah it's, it's so big 
it's work, man. Like, it's a lot of work. I mean, I'm still here. I don't, I, I'm still, I'm 35 now. It's just, like, so weird. Sometimes I just sit and think about it. And, like, my homies will tell me, no, it's just a number. Like, you know, do what you're doing. Like, and I, I totally agree with that. Your message can be, uh, can be absorbed. It doesn't matter what age you are. Most people don't even know how old you are. It doesn't matter, right. you know. But at the end of the day, it's just, like, so weird to think I've been doing this for, like, 12 years. Like, something mm-hmm. like that. Like, it's just, where did the time go? But I'm still sitting on an album. Like, I have, like, 25 songs right now that just, like, aren't out. And I keep giving myself dates to put them out and just never get around to it. Work. Yeah. Things pop up. You know, family stuff arises. You, you get on that. You know, um, my mom was just sick. Happy to say she's doing pretty bad, a lot better uh, each day at a time. COVID pneumonia stuff. Mm. Um she got hit pretty hard with it. But um, I plan on dropping that video a couple times over the holidays that I haven't got around to it, you know. You what know. was COVID like for you? The, like, were you booking? Like, like the whole you, time? No, like, uh, like prior to COVID. Were you, you just started booking shows the recently. Were March. you, like, were you involved in any of that stuff before, <clears throat> like, during COVID? No, I was a frequenter at the Rook. I mean, that was just, like, my home base for, like, I don't know, almost 10 years. Right. Eight, eight years. The pandemic itself was actually beneficial for me overall. Okay. Which is not like most people, but like I was just a victim of my schedule. Like I was just pulled every which direction every day. So that gave like, you some time. Kind of getting back into it. Yeah, dude, I had two years to just fucking sit down and not have any games. That's why you got it was 25 songs sitting under your belt now. Yeah. Well, they released. I wish I could say that. Some of the songs are from there, but I actually put out a couple songs and videos during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. A lot of those songs are from before the pandemic. Oh, okay. <laughs> not all of them, but like some of them are. Did you, um, yeah. did you miss um, being on stage during like the nah, the it was it was nice to take a break. Yeah, I miss it. I miss it now. No, for real, it really yeah. was, dude. Like, it, it was like one of those things too. It was just like, how many times am I going to be on the same stage? I want to do some other shit, and, right? You know, um, I miss playing in the band a lot. I do. I'm hoping to put something together. I'm working on. A, I'm working on a show, not confirmed, so I'll, I'll say it. But with uh, Sophista Funk. From uh, Syracuse, and there's no better band to open for those guys other than the LEC. And, um, so I'm trying to put together some form of our band for it to open that show if we make it happen. Um, if you don't know those guys, they're uh, they're three piece, sometimes four piece with horns. Tommy Weeks on on brass, um, they're amazing. Um, Jack Brown, Adam Gold, um, uh, E Man, Emmanuel Washington on drums. So E Man drums and sings. Adam plays keys and bass on the keys, on two different keys, and Jack raps. And then they have Tommy Weeks, ridiculous saxophonist. And uh, he's sometimes with them. But just to show you those guys level now, I mean, they were, they're were they just a band out of Syracuse. They played festivals you know, around the place. They've been to uh, Electric Forest. But they were, Guy Fieri just started a, a game show on the Food Network um, called, uh, oh shit, what the hell is it called? Uh, guys, guys, uh, I'm so bad I can't think of it now. Um, Anyways, he started a game show on the Food Network, and they just finished the first season, and Sophista Funk was the house band. Oh, wow. That's dope. That's really cool. Yeah, and they had wicked celebrities on there every episode. And Hell I got yeah. to hang out with all of them. Yeah. That's and super E-Man cool. also has a project called the Frank White Experience, which is a Biggie tribute band. And I booked them. Oh, wow. I booked them at the... They were one of my bigger shows in the spring that I booked. Um, he hit me up and was like, yo, can you, can you get my other project of the Rooks? like, yeah, let's go. So That's super exciting that you're booking shows, and we're starting to see different people. Because I feel like the book was, like, jaded for a while pre-COVID. Like, I felt jaded yeah. by The Rook, you know what I mean? It was a lot of the same shit. Yeah, I'm trying to bring some of those bands back, but I'm trying to also book, like, all genres. Yeah, spread it um, out a little bit. No disrespect, you know, to how it was. No, um, no, I, definitely not. All the bands that came 
through the rip were dope. Uh, yeah. Over the years, you know, and I'd like to get a lot of those guys back. Um, some of them will play at BT. Some of them will play at the Rook. Um, right. But I do have quite a few of them uh, on deck to come back. Um, Rook was definitely the place to go see like cool electronic jam bands and shit oh, like that. Yeah. I got to be really good friends with Aqueous over the the past year. Like, uh, so my buddy Sam, who's the head of production at the Rook, a beast drummer, great engineer incredible ld guy light guy mm -hmm. for live shows i mean he's just like super leveled up yeah. in the past the year. basement is so set um, up for all that shit too yeah um so he's just awesome but uh sam got me on with the aqueous guys to do merch sell merch with them and uh i actually got to drive all of aqueous's gear to colorado last year with sam sweet That's yeah and cool. i did a two-show run with him in denver and um um Steamboat Springs, this really cool place called the Old Town Pub. Hmm. Small. It's like 200 people. They had the sickest fucking bands in this place, like four nights a week. Um, but yeah, and then I, I went to Rochester with them uh, for a show. A um, couple different times we all linked up together, and it was a lot of fun. And So yeah, I, I talked to those guys quite a bit, um, bands like that. Um, yeah, I've gotten connected with a couple talent agencies that have a lot of really cool bands under their belt. Um, Another, I just booked a, a fish tribute band in uh, I December saw that. Yeah. called the Lizards. Dope. The Lizards. Yeah, the greatest guys. They were awesome. Yeah. They were so pumped about the Rook, dude. They'd never been here. They're from Toronto. That's not mm -hmm. that far. Yeah. So they wanted to come back in like the beginning of February. It's like ah, I already had some stuff booked up. I was like, we'll get, let's get it. We'll, I still got to get a, a date, but uh, I'm hoping to bring them back uh, within the next couple months. That what well, I remember wanting to go to that show, but we ended up seeing some local bands at BT that night. Yeah. But I remember talking so, with my buddy about it. No lack of venues. There's yeah. always something yeah. to do. There really is always something to do. Just get out. Uh, and that was, I think I was getting into that earlier where it was post-pandemic. It was just like, you didn't know if you were going to survive, man. Right. It was like, are people going to come back out? A lot of people that I know, especially that, you know, are my age or up to like five years older than me, just like don't go out much anymore. Mm -hmm. They'd rather be at home or hang out with each other, you know, on the weekends and just spend time with their friends, which... I mean, I like doing that too. You know, I'm just, I'm just in the, in the, position where, I I wanted to get involved with the Rook because I felt like there's no better plug than me to put these musicians together and to get people in there. Sure. Um, another dope opportunity that I missed that I forgot to mention was I also went to Summer Camp Festival last year with Aqueous. Oh man, I really yeah. wanted to go to. I got summer freaking camp for paid like years to go to Summer Camp, uh -huh. dude. <laughs> like, they have like so the grateful. They have <laughs> the best lineup like every year consistently. This year in my looks opinion. insane too. I'm really hoping to get back on that. Um, That'd be dope. Yeah, but I've always wanted dude, to go, but never made it. I talked to musicians at summer camp last year, and like you know, we'd be like backstage, like hanging out with these bands and shit, and Sam would be like, "Oh yeah, Johnny like books bands at the Rook." They'd be like, "The fucking Rook!" Like there was multiple people that were like, "Dude, that place is awesome." Yeah, I want to. I want to go there. Like so and so was telling me about it, or like another person's like. Dude, I played in that room downstairs. That room is sick, it dude. Is I sick. love yeah. to get back so there. so cool. Like, I'm nine hours away, man, and there's bands telling me, and I'm like, I need to get these bands back there or right. to there for the first time. That you place know? That place is such a, I mean, I think in Erie, it's the most unique space. Yeah. You know, like, that's right. drive, how many people drive by it every day? I have no idea about it. Right. Oh, yeah. it looks kind of shabby from the outside, yeah. but you get in there. I mean, the school bus upstairs and, fuck, you know, that's the just outside such a... porch area that they got now. Downstairs yeah. into the pit. The big fucking pit stage is, like, I don't, I don't think I... Five shows down there in March. I can't wait. Um, in Tropodelic this month. I'm looking forward to it. I want to see our uh, one of the OGs, our... Tyler uh, playing so, with Matt. Uh, February third. Yeah, no, February third of this <laughs> month. We're trying to get Matt on right before the show, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, 
can't wait to see that and, and all the other stuff the that's ghost. going on yeah dude i love tyler he's a great dude yes man he, you guys used to live together too absolutely fuck sure yeah did, man yeah I, that's my guy that's where i first met him was at, at johnny's i yeah. randomly stopped over there for like fantasy football money i forget what it was but that was the very first time I met Tyler was yeah. was at your place on 26th Street. Yep. Yeah. Just below 26 on Poplar. Fuck yeah. Yeah, man. I'm proud of Tyler, dude. He's, he's, he's doing so much better. He's dude. fucking killing it. Dude. Well, the whole the whole reason this podcast started because originally we were doing Sink, Swim, or Fly together, and then like all of a sudden Tyler's booking tons of shows. Oh every yeah, month. I remember that. Yeah. I didn't put that together. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, we were doing that for like a while, a couple months, and we were, I was having a great time. I was fucking loving it and getting people to come on yeah. and booking shit. And then next thing I know, Tyler's busy every fucking night of the week, like doing shows yeah. and gigging, being a famous fucking folk yeah. punk star. And I'm and like, soups at Oliver's yeah. back. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Now, like, you didn't have time for me anymore, so now I had to buy a bunch of gear and get a breakout on my own, and do my own thing. That's and the, cool. The person that really benefited the most from that was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now they have a podcast too. Now Skrebsky has no time to go get Chinese food. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that soon. So, so thank you, Tyler, for being a successful musician. Although I will, he's stupid talented. He he's very talented. Great dude, I love him. I will say though, before you know our rampant success on YouTube with this show. You know what my very first uh, appearance on the interwebs was? Was uh, there was this video called Daylight by the LEC, <laughs> and uh, wait, you're in that video. Yeah, yeah. yeah wait, if you, <laughs> our second video of all time. Second video of all time. We're still Lower East Side Connection, by the way. Lower East Side Connection at Not the time. LEC. And uh, you know, if any of our fans want to go check me out in my my younger days, you know, it's uh, out there. It's out there. I, when I wrote that song, I thought that song was going to win a Grammy. Like, yeah. it was so below expectations for him. <laughs> I, I sucked at marketing, though. I'll be the first to admit it, dude. I was horrible at marketing. What did, we, needed where that, did the, we needed that team. Where did the name come from? The Lower East Side Connection. <laughs> Keith grew up on Fourth and Parade. Dubo was from the Lower East Side. Granted, Dubo was never in the band. He hung out with us all the time. And he was part of the original creation, like playing the drums on the keyboard. Same thing with Boyer. Boyer was on the bass, even though he never played in the band. Mm -hmm. They all grew up on the Lower East Side. I technically was from like Middle East Side. I, I grew up on Buffalo Road between Brandis and Penn Ave. Mm -hmm. So I was right by the 12th Street Viaduct. You go over to that bridge. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm on the Lower East Side. But I played boys baseball and all that shit. And all my like, guy homies down on the Lower East Side, I was always down there. So... Just coming up with names we were brainstorming. Just we were in my mom's basement when I was on house arrest and, and trying to throw names out there. And we're like, yeah, that sounds cool. All right, that's what we'll do. Fuck yeah. And, you know, we just stuck with it. Then we all moved out of the Lower East Side eventually. So you couldn't. <laughs> I live on the Lower East Side now. Yeah. I actually do, yeah. I remember when I moved back down there, I too. I was like, we should change the name of the band back. But like, LEC, obviously, still from Lower East Side Connection. Right. People just got to know us more as the, L as the LEC. Mm -hmm. So we just kept it like that and we left it up for an interpretation. Yeah. Loves Extra Cheese. Ooh. <laughs> that should be the name of your next album is Return to the Lower East Side. Yeah. <laughs> That's sweet. Y'all not going to lie. The day that I moved back there, I was like, I don't know if this is the move. <laughs> like, I felt like I'd be going somewhere else. But no, opportunity is bliss. Now I'm down there for a reason, and it's cool, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's always cool to, like, represent where you're from, too. You know what I mean? As much as, like... It's kind of what we were trying to do. Yeah. Bit, you know? Get, bring a little pride back to Erie. I mean, <laughs> the, our saying's like, it's okay to love Erie, you know, and... 
I hate that thing. I work at the airport. It's like right on the building. Uh, the airport, what the like, fuck? I'm like, why is that there? Yeah, um, I remember people hating, like, so when we did the My Home video, I remember, like, people saying, like, I've never seen these kids on the Lower East Side before. Like, who's that? And I remember Keith went on the YouTube comments and just commented, and all he said was, Fourth and Parade. That's where he lived. That's yeah. all you need to say. That's like, hell yeah. Didn't he, didn't he, like, take care? Didn't he, like, do gardening? Didn't he? Bill, <laughs> Keith was like, I, yeah, I remember one time. Keith was the, the green thumb. Yeah. But I remember driving down Parade one time, and there's, like, they put in those boulevards down there, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, across the street, maybe, I forget if it was a block up or if it was right. Because I don't, I don't think the boulevard's right across. On it's his, on, like, Fifth Street. I, yeah, it's I think it's a block up from yeah. where he grew up. He was on the boulevard, bro, planting flowers, no shirt on, drinking Budweiser. <laughs> Hell, like, yeah. yeah. Don't tell me I'm not from the east side. <laughs> yeah, Get out, I'm of out of here. here. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's that, Keith. That's my dude. Man. That's always interesting, though. <laughs> that, that's something that's always interested me with hip-hop. Like, it's such a personal thing. Like, if you were a rock band and you came out with that, you wouldn't have people like, I ain't seen you in this, you know, on the street. Yeah, you got to, like, really represent yourself in hip-hop. Like, you have to really like show how tough you are. You I think I, mean? I think I worried a lot about that when I was you know, like way too much what people thought or what their image mm-hmm. you know was, and I cared way too much about that way way too much when I was younger. Like I wish I hadn't. I think it held me back a lot. Yeah, I don't give a fuck now. It's all about the message, man. My message has always been positive. It's always been you know to build people up, and that so that's where I'm at now. I'm like, no matter what I put out into the world, I just want it to help somebody. Right. That, I don't give a fuck about anything else. If you don't like me, you don't like me. Yeah. I'm just trying to do my part, man. We're, we're all here for a reason. We all have a job to do. We all have, you know, to make some impact on this time that we got, which, you know, when you, like I said, dude, I blinked my eyes. Like, I could picture myself on Allen Street rhyming, right, like, rap, rehearsing my rhymes in my head in Penn State just getting started like it was yesterday, and now I'm 35 years old. I'm like, we ain't here that long, man. Mm-hmm. Me and Scrub lost countless friends, man, like, through our 20s. Life, you don't know, man. It's, it's not that long. So it's right. like, you got X amount of time to leave an impact. And I, I have found in my life that music has just been ultimately the best way that I can leave an impact. Uh, I have, I've just impacted people that way. Um, I always use this example, like Daylight. So when I put out Daylight, I had multiple people, one female especially, who's unfortunately not with us anymore today. But uh, I remember I got a message from her specifically, and uh, she was going through a tough time. She was like, hey, I really really love that song you put out. She was like, it really helps me get through the day. And I was like always planning on going to like, I I had a degree in broadcast journalism Mm -hmm. with a certificate in sports journalism. And I'm like, you know, going to be a play-by-play guy or something like that, which still could be a great fallback. I'd have fun with that. But um, I remember getting messages like that, dude, and being like, wow, I'm just never going to impact somebody's life the way that I am now. And I'm not even like, I wouldn't even consider myself good, like my thought process at that time, yet. And I'm like, I'm already impacting people in a positive way. I'm never going to do that behind a desk. Right. I just kept with it. I just, you know, that's why music is so much of a big part of my life. And now it's why I'm trying to create opportunities for other people to be able to get their voices out there and, and you know, push themselves and, and spread their message. There's something really powerful about just having something authentic from your soul. You know what I mean? There's no feeling like it. Yeah. And putting it out there and having people like love, enjoy it and cherish it and have it leave some sort of effect on them. is just magic that feeling man when i like when i write a song and it really comes together dude it brings you to tears and like when you hear it 
Or like, even when I just like finish writing a song and I'm happy with it, do you, my hair will be standing up on my arms. And I just like, I know this is right. Like, I know it, I feel it, you know? Um, that happened to me last year. I just wrote about this, so I was in a, uh, Erie Arts and Culture made me like their featured artist um, a few weeks ago. And I talked about this in my interview. So I had this mentor, I say mentor, he was a friend, but we would all call him a friend, but he was no doubt a mentor to myself and to the guys in my band. His name was Dave McDonald, and he uh, he passed away a couple years ago of uh, of brain cancer. Hmm. And uh, he, uh, it was crazy, because nobody knew he was sick. He thought he had a sinus infection, went in the hospital, and he had stage four cancer. And uh, did last like six months more. And uh, Dave was at every fucking show, man. Like, my shows, Aqueous, like any bands that were from Jamestown, Buffalo, Rochester, Erie, and that even down to Pittsburgh, he was there. He was in the front row, right? And Dave was cool as shit, man. And he was a beast musician himself. I mean, just a great guitar player, singer. But he was just like one of the most uplifting souls. He just was that dude, that nucleus. That if he was around you, he brought everybody's vibe up. <laughs> and uh, Dave loved my band. And Dave would always gas us up, dude, any chance yeah. he got. And anytime, if he didn't make it to our shows in Erie, if any, I was, he lived in Jamestown usually. If I was ever around that area, he was there. And he still made most of our shows in Erie. But um, Dave had uh, told me in the hospital, actually, and I, he might have mentioned it to me beforehand, but I remember specifically in the hospital him telling me, you got to work with Jimmy Bloomquist. He was a DJ from Jamestown, and uh, Bloomquist, had, uh, now known as James Fiorella, he actually changed his last name, um, or DJ Jimmy Whispers. <laughs> um, dude, it's an old head hip of hip-hop, you know, um, but he's like... Almost say like, I don't want to say old head is like a negative term. Like he no, just, it's not. All he started up. He I mean he started. He had a hip hop store in Jamestown in '93. Yeah. Ooh. And this dude has been scratching the shit out of records since back then, and killing it. And he's just one of the dopest producers and beat makers there is. And uh, he's done a lot of cool shit in his life musically. And uh, Dave was like, "You need to work with this guy." And uh, I had messaged him. I had wrote a song over. Uh, <laughs> I wrote a song over. I was listening to Pandora. That's how I came up with a lot of ideas when I was younger. I would write, uh, I would listen to like stations on Pandora that played a lot of instrumentals. And uh, the instrumental that came on was Jizza, uh, Bible. Yeah. Basic instructions before leaving Earth. That beat was just so fucking hard. And I was just, I remember just being in my apartment like, man, and I had this, uh, this idea came to me. All right. And um, I just started writing like, within like an hour of hearing it. And uh, I wrote this whole song. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not gonna use a beat. Yeah. Something original that feels like that. And that's hard, kind of hard to do. It's a, that's a tough task to put on somebody, like make a beat that like fits this vibe. And that's actually how my band, like how we wrote most of our LEC songs early on, especially. I wrote it over different stuff. And they're like, hey, let's make something that's- Feels like of, this, yeah. 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 Um, but I hit up Bloomquist. So this is actually during the pandemic. And uh, Zoom, my first ever Zoom chat was with him. And we were like, he had all these uh, uh, royalty-free samples. And uh, we were just going through them on Zoom and listening to them. And we started making this beat together. Like, I want to say we started making beat. He was making the beat. Mm -hmm. He was asking for my input on shit, but, like, he was making the beat. And, uh, man, this one, came, it came out so good, right? 
it was so dope but I was like this isn't like the, the hype feel that I need for this track that I just wrote though it doesn't have the same vibe but I was like it is so good though I don't want to not use it right I'm thinking we write something different to this go back to the drawing board and then write something or try to come up with another one so I like I remember I was like damn like what am I going to do I have to write something to this beat you know and I was driving around for maybe I don't know if it was three days or a week but I was driving around that's how I, I come up with a lot of ideas too when I'm driving to listen to shit and uh just hit me man I was driving and I'm listening to this instrumental he created and I'm like yo I'm gonna write a song about Dave like Hell a, yeah. a tribute to Dave he brought us together anyway mm -hmm. why wouldn't I do that that's the, the first song that we do together should be about right. him that makes he connected sense us. yeah Boom, I put it down, I put down a verse, I think, and I wrote the hook. And then I was like, I gotta get my homies on it. Like, you know, I had friends, my, my boy Tony and, you know, Dan, I ended up getting on The guys in my band loved Dave as much as I did. I was like, dude, Tony, you wanna put down a verse for Dave? Fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. He probably had it done that day. <laughs> yeah, I'm on it. Uh, I wrote the hook and stuff. I was like, Dan, you wanna sing the hook on this? Dan's just a sick singer, silky smooth. And I was like, you should sing the hook on this. So I like showed him how I kind of like wanted the lyrics to go and stuff. and. Boom, we went out to Bloomquist in Jamestown, dude, and recorded that shit. And it came out so fucking sick, dude. So dope. And we did a... And, oh, and I, and I had Pat Roach do a guitar solo on the end of it. And we... Roach actually did the video for it in his basement. Roach was just getting... Starting to use a camera. Mm -hmm. But I was like, yeah, man. I was like, Dave would love that organic, you know, style. Let's do it, man. I'd love for you to do that. And it just came out. And it was just so meaningful. Um, and one day, Bloomquist hit me up. He was like, yo, I got it. I think I got it. And he sends me this instrumental, dude. It was crazy. And uh, that, that's the one I ended up doing the song over. And then I went back out, recorded that song. And I put out that, I put out that video last year, January. Um, I don't think it was January of last year. I think it was January of 01. But that's like, uh, that song is the most, the one I'm the most proud of. Mm -hmm. uh, the video especially, too. So there's a lot of dope videographers around this area jess and nick fire she's done a couple videos for me uh, um crew life productions uh domi domi dude dominic ferrari he's he's sick uh k sands sick um my man sav also does videos the young dude i was telling you about that you guys should check out uh alex daly's his, his government name <laughs> um but my man three gloves productions uh howard glover i linked up with him that dude Iggy that actually I was talking about earlier booked the hip hop shows at Crooked Eye sometimes he put me in touch with Howie in like 2013 2012 maybe but Howie did that video for me for the song Inspire the song's called Inspire I don't know if I said that but again it's just like everything that I'm about and uh, I was like dude Howie I need you to do this video um, I said the song is just right up your alley Howie's also like 52 now 53 it's like the same age as Bloomquist. I was like dude you guys come from the same era of hip-hop how he's from Brooklyn he grew up in New York and shit but he's just like that's the era like it's the same hip-hop era yeah. they grew up in that and I'm like I want you to meet this dude and I just this is the this song right here I've never had a song that fit you more and I need you to do the video and when I hit him up for it he couldn't do it he just had some personal things going on family stuff and he's just like it's not a good time so I waited like yeah. eight months or something. I waited. I was like, I'm not letting it. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, doing this you got to do this else. video. And then finally, he did one day. He hit me up. He was like, Yo, I'm ready. He was like, Let's do something. I was like, I still got that song, bro. Send it to him. <laughs> He's like, Let's do it. He knocked it out. He knocked it out the park. Cool. Oh, you yeah. know. So yeah, check that out. That's. I'm, I'm super proud of that. 
It's going on my album that'll come out in 2035. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the video's out there. Uh, it's, but it's called Inspire, Johnny Evans. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. It was, I don't even know how we got into that. But yeah, Dave. We were talking about touching people. Yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. Dave, Dave impacted me significantly. And, uh, you know, through him, I was able to continue to impact. And now I've created connections because of him. And that's what I want to be to people. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's what we're hoping to be too and continue to like you know do all that same shit all that shit really touches me right now so thank you very much yeah. for coming on yeah. cheers to fucking Dave and what's his name out in New York Bloomquist well Bloomquist. it's not Bloomquist anymore he changed his last name Fiera James Fiorella yeah Fiorella yeah James Fiorella. shout out to both those guys yeah. Y'all yeah. are amazing. Yeah. Johnny, you're fucking amazing. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. This has been super fun, dude. Dude, this is cool. Cool experience, yeah. man. I love go. that you guys are doing this, you know. Check out. I, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's there really is so much music overlooked in this town. And not just hip-hop. All genres. Right. And I, I challenge anybody who, who listens to this to dig and, and check people out. Because there's so much freaking talent around here and, and check out my music i that's probably what you were going to get into or something yeah something uh, similar your yeah. guys's podcast check out, his yeah. music. check out our podcast yeah. go to the rook go to all these other venues that are out here that are holding shows for local bands that are out there yeah trying to you know put their hearts and souls out to people so they can listen and be touched too they're out know? here and have these authentic experiences we're doing shows at the rook now we're opening our doors so we've only been open at nine o'clock since like pre-pandemic and now we're opening up at eight starting last week well what? so we're doing shows like nine nine thirty rather than ten ten thirty so because i think more people will come to the shows if they're a little bit earlier mm-hmm. um and when i do get my album out one of the things that has taken me a long time with it is that i want to showcase so much talent on it it's not just about me so i have songs by several different producers um, you know, like I was saying, I got like Maddie B produced a couple songs for me. Okay, uh, C Brown produced some songs for me. I got a song with Chauncey Billsup, fire. Hell that yeah. dude is sick, dude. Yeah. Um, I have beats right, man. I'm, I'm trying to remember like what other ones I got. Uh, Pat Roach. Um, I have a couple. I have beats from people right now, like Dommy. Um, James Thigpen, he goes by J Tiz. He's putting out music right now that's super fire. Good homie, Team Lightskin, Team Hybrid. <laughs> he's a good friend of mine. Uh, his music is super fire. He's putting it out now. He's got stuff coming out uh, that's already out. Um, I also have a, a whole folder of beats from Anthony Rogers, who's another producer around here. That dude's super talented. Young Cat. I've been sitting on his beats for a couple months, man, and I, I got one I'm working on right now. I told me the other day, I was like, dude, this shit's fire. I finally figured one out. Sorry, I've had a lot of stuff going on. But one of the goals with my album is to just showcase, you know, different engineers and different producers. And uh, like I said, Pat's engineered shit on it. Uh, my dude, Ben Waite, is, uh, he's doing a lot of the mastering on it and stuff like that. So I'm just trying to connect as much local talent as I possibly yeah. can. Spread the love around. The yeah. Just like us, we're just trying to connect all the local talent entrepreneurs yeah. uh people that just love this uh space that we call home and yeah. and want to make the best out of it there's plenty of room for everybody at all these tables yes absolutely we all want to eat so come eat with us yes yes thank you again thank you everybody out there listening you guys are the best peace out peace peace, peace.